something going to happen in your life. But God has allowed them to happen. Look at Job. Look at Job. What did he tell the devil? The devil. When the devil was coming in there, he said, have you tried my servant Job? How would you like to be in a, in a situation? And he said, have you tried my servant Cornet? Because he know what he's going to go through. He know how he's going to come out. He know the enemy from the beginning. So he said, I have caused you to be captive. I have caused you to be in this situation. So when you get in this situation, just sit back and look up and say, Lord, I thank you that you allowed this to happen in my life because I know you want me to help somebody else. But see, saints, what, it, what the devil does, the devil get us trying to get us so mixed up in our mind until when something happens in our lives, it's always me. Why is this happening to me? Lord, what is this doing? You know, why me? Why me? Why me? No, he wants us to go through things. He allows us to go through things. He's not trying to kill you. If, he, if it, the devil is the one that wants you dead, God wants us here so we can help somebody else. So it's not about me anymore. It's, Lord, you allowed this to happen in my life, and I know that you got something because you're up to something, and I know it's something that you want me to get out of this. So we need to change the way we think, and pastors have been telling us, we don't have to think all that crazy stuff. Amen? And then he said, I'm going to read this again because this was good to me. Maybe it's just to me. I don't know. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray unto the Lord for it. What are we praying unto the Lord for? We are praying unto the Lord for peace. Have you ever been woke up at night? Maybe, maybe I'm just the only one. You wake up at night, and you can't go back to sleep, and you just start praying to the Lord, or you just start saying the Lord's prayer, and the next thing you know, you sleep. You're asking for the peace. You're asking for the peace in the situation. You don't know what's going on, but he knows what's going on. Amen? So you pray and you ask the God You ask God for it. But I'm what I'm trying to get y'all to see, so pray for me if I keep repeating myself. What I'm trying to get y'all to see, you captive. You're in the captive somewhere. A uh, brother in the Sunday school lesson talked about, started talking about Paul and Silas, and I just, just kind of did my head like that. Paul and Silas were in jail. They know that they wanted to kill them. They were way, they took them way back in the jail. And they had them chained down. And they went to sleep. And at midnight, they woke up and they started singing and praying. Now, you know they had some peace. In order for us to sing and pray when it looks like everything else is going wrong, I don't know what's going on in your life. You know what's going on in your life. But what I'm trying to do, trying to do is to tell you, Whatever is going on in your life, start asking God for peace in that situation. There is peace in that situation. He told us over in the New Testament. He said, you know, when things come upon you, he said, I'll give you a way to escape. So one of the ways to escape is start praying and asking God for peace in the situation. Don't sit there in the situation. Don't wallow in the situation. Don't get depressed in the situation. Don't say, woe is me in the situation. What am I going to do, Lord? I don't know what's going on with this. No, pray for the peace. Lord, I know that there's peace in this situation. You would not allow me to be in this situation if it was not peace in this situation. So I know it's peace in this situation. So we need to keep our mind on God. Amen? Because he said, if you keep your mind on me, 
I'll keep you in perfect peace. Can you imagine? I thought about this uh, uh, during the week over this. I thought about this. Imagine. You know, I use my Holy Ghost imagination every once in a while. Imagine that everybody, not saying you all don't, I'm just saying, using this for an illustration. Imagine that everybody in this room, when you came in here this morning, you had church people. Imagine. Do you know what kind of service we would have? I mean, we have a good service. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about, you know, but if we had perfect peace, our mind stayed on the Lord in perfect peace. I tell you, people would be coming around the corners to see what is going on in Grace Temple. I wouldn't be thinking about, I got this bill to pay. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I got this, and this child ain't doing right, and I don't know how this is going to happen out. Give it to the Lord. He said, pray for peace in the situation. Stop trying to figure this thing out. God has already worked this thing out. We don't have to sit here and try to figure it out. That is what keeps us so depressed. That is what keeps us so anxious because we're trying to figure out God. You ain't going to figure out God. You'll never be able to figure out God. In the situation, pray for peace in the situation because there's peace in the peace. He just told us that in this verse. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on. Let's go. I got a whole lot of scriptures on here, but I, I, I want to get these points across. Let us go to 1 Samuel. Let's go to 1 Samuel. And I might get to Daniel, but I want to go to 1 Samuel. And I want to go to the 30th verse. And I want you all to see what happens when you have peace. I'm talking about perfect peace. I'm not talking about this is going right for me, so I'm having peace, you know, because I'm happy that everything is going good. And then I get over in this situation, and then something else, and I'm going over here. So it looks like I'm going up, I'm going down. I'm going up, I'm going down according to the situation. That's not how God wants us to be, saints. That is not how God wants us to be. God wants us to be even healed. The same God that's on the mountain is in the valley. So if I'm on the mountain and I'm having a good time, why is when I get in the valley, I'm not having a good time? The same God is there. And it's not God, it's us. It is us. And it's how we think about the situation. So we want you all to know today that God wants us to keep our mind on him and not on the situation. I'm, I'm, I'm 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter. This is the time when David was running from Saul, all right? And he had went to, uh, I think he was around, uh, around about the, the, the Philistines. But anyway, in Ziglag, and I don't want to read all these scriptures to you, so I'm, I'm going to read some, and I'm going to just tell you uh, the story of some of them. They were in Ziglag, okay? David and his two wives, and he was with other people and their sons and their daughters, starting at the, in the 30th chapter. Now, at the 6th verse, it says, David's two wives were taken captive. And then it goes on down that in the sixth verse, it said, And David was greatly distressed for the people's sake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. So you look at the situation and the people around you. Now the people around David, they were upset. Amen? They were wondering what had happened to their sons and their daughters and their wives and 
left and burned. They came back and nobody was there. Amen? But see, let me tell you how you can be in the situation. Let me tell you how you can be in the world. Because when everybody else were upset, even though David was became distressed because they wanted to kill him. It didn't say he was distressed because whatever happened, because they wanted to kill him. But look at what happened in the end. See, we have to be like the prodigal son. The prodigal son, you all know the story. He went away and he came back, but at the end he came to himself. Amen? So in the sixth verse, at the end of the sixth verse, it said, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. We got to remember who, the, who our Lord is, who our God is, no matter what comes in your life. We got to remember that, saints. Amen? And the seventh verse said, and David said to Abishai, the priest Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abishai brought hither uh, the ephod to David. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. Look at this again. This is not even in here one time. And when you see something the second time, you need to hold on to that. Amen? And David encouraged, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue, no, yeah, per, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered. Now, the he that answered him is God answered David. Amen? If you stay before the Lord, saints, let me just put this in here. If, if you stay before the Lord and you pray to the Lord, he will answer you. He will answer you. Amen? Those people that talk about God don't answer their prayer. They ain't stayed there long enough. He will answer you. Amen? And it said, and he answered him, and God answered him. He, and this is what God said to him. He said, pursue, for thou shalt surely. He didn't. He, he could have just said, pursue, and you overtake him. He didn't say that. He said, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And will without fail, okay, I put my glasses right here, and without fail cover all. Now, you all keep that in your mind. Keep that eighth verse in your mind because we're coming back to that. So David, let me tell you something. Let me, I'm gonna, this is good. So David went, he and he started out with 600 men, amen? Then verse 10, he says, but David pursued, and he had 400 men because when they got to the brook, two, 200 was too sick to go. So they stayed there, amen? But that didn't stop David because David had a word from the Lord. When you have a word from the Lord, I don't care what else is going on around you, you got peace, amen? If you trust in the Lord and believe what he says, then you have peace, amen? Because I always tell people, if we're not going to believe what the word of God says, we need to take this Bible and fold it up, put it on the table, and go for stone ice on the street. Now, I'm just going to tell you, if you ain't going to believe what the Lord said. So David believed what the Lord said, amen? And so this is what happened in the rest of the story, okay? So as they were going with David when he had the 400 men, let's go down to the 11th verse. And it said, and they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him drink water, okay, 12. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins and when he had eaten, his spirit came again in him, for he had eaten no bread no, nor drank any water three days and three nights. Let me just interject here. Saints, we can fast for three days and three nights, and we won't die. Just want you to know that. That's See, when I, when I stop and give you all that, that's just a little gold nugget, 
thing I want to want you all to have and remember. Amen. So when you fast three days and three nights, you ain't gonna die. The devil gonna tell you you ain't gonna die, but you ain't gonna die. Amen. All right, let's keep going. And the thirteenth verse says, "And David said unto him, talking to these shepherds, Amen. To whom belongest thou? You know, who, who, who do you belong to? And whence art thou? Where did you come from? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalek, and my master left me because three days gone, I fell sick. Thank you. Let me just stop right there and say this. When God has something for us to do and have told us to do something, every once in a while, they may come, there may come a little bump in the road, a little detour that they're not saying, you know, in the road. But let me tell you, look, 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 look at this. David and these men, they were on a journey. Amen? They were going to look for their wives and their sons and their daughters. They could have got to this place down here where it talks about the Egyptian in the field, and he was sick. He probably was about half, looking like he was about halfway dead. Amen? They could have, because they were on their journey and going someplace, they could have left him out there. But God. So don't get excited when God has told you to do something and you're on your way to do it and then something happens in the middle and you got to stop. Have enough peace in you that you will stop. Amen? David had enough peace in him that he stopped to help this man. And it's a good thing that he stopped to help this man because he, this man gave him the information that he needed. God will set, it, God will set you up. He will set you up just to see if you will do what he tells you to do. And but, but look at the young man. Look at the young man. I tell you, look at the young man, what he said. And uh, he said, I fell sick. And then the 14th verse said, we made an invasion upon the south of the Perizzites and upon the coast, which belongs to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb. And we burned Zilak with fire, Ziglak with fire. Now, see, that's the information that David needed. He didn't know he needed it, but God knew he needed it. <laughs> he didn't know he needed that information, but God knew he needed that information. So he used a person that had been there. See, saints, we got to know who's been there. If they ain't been there, don't hang around with them. But if they've been there, you better stick close to them because God is trying to take you somewhere. So he said that he was there when this thing happened. And then in the 15th verse, and David said unto him, Canest thou bring me down to this company? And look at this young man. I tell you, this young man was bold. This young man was bold. And the young man, it said he, but the young man said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring them down to this company. Made me think about the lepers. Made me think about the lepers. If we stay here, we'll die. You know, if we stay here, we might die. But if we go over there, you know, we might die, but at least we don't been to another place. I put that in there. So he's saying, yes, if you promise me this, David didn't have to promise him anything. David didn't even have to stop with him. But see, that was a part of God's plan, and, and he didn't even know about it. And David said to him, okay, where am I at? 16. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad, and, they, and, and I won't read the whole thing, but they were out there just having a good time a good time and a good time, okay? And then the 17th verse, it talks about how David smote them and how they 
they fought until the next day. And how? Look at the 16th verse. The 18th verse. And David recovered all that the Amalek had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. Now I'm going to read you the 19th verse. And it says, there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them, David recovered all. What did God tell David in the eighth verse? God told David in the eighth verse, he said, you will surely recover all. Amen? And then when you get over here in these two verses, he did not, it did not tell us one time that David recovered his two sons but in, and, and, and recovered all, but he told us twice that David recovered all. But if David had not talked to the Lord, first of all, he encouraged himself. First of all, he knew who his God is. First of all, saints, we got to know who God is. We got to know who God is for ourselves. It's good to pastor know who God is. It's good to mother know who God is. But mother and pastors are not going to be with us everywhere we go. So we got to have a personal relationship with God, and we got to know who God is. What did David do? So David encouraged himself. Saints, if you have not gotten there, you're going to get to a place where you're going to have to encourage yourself. You're going to have to encourage yourself. And when David encouraged himself, then he knew the next step was to go to the Lord in prayer. Didn't we start off with that? That in the captivity of the city, although there's peace, you got to ask God for it. Amen? And when we go to God and ask God for it, guess what? You will surely recover all. Amen? Amen. That's the kind of God we serve. He's not left us out here to be out here all by ourselves. He has, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God will stick closer to you than a brother. Amen. That's the kind of God we serve. Now, I already told you all a little bit about Paul and Silas in the jail. But we'll go there anyway. Acts 16 and 25. I got to tell you about Daniel too before I sit down. I just wanted to give you all some examples. It does not matter what the situation look like. It does not matter what the situation feels like. If you got God in your life, you don't have to worry about the situation because it's, it is already worked out. I know your ending before your beginning. And I know every time I get up here, I say the same thing. But I, I want you all to know that I know your ending before your beginning. And so every little thing that happens, I already know that. David didn't know that he was going to run into a man that was going to tell him where those people were. He didn't know that. He was, just, he was just what we all should do. He was just trusting in the Lord. Pursue. And you will surely recover all. And we just pursuing. But we don't know that there's a bump there. But God already got that bump worked out. Got a man over there in the field. You go over there and bring the man out of the field. It doesn't matter how, how, how big a hurry you in. It doesn't matter, saints, how big a hurry you in that you want to get down here and you want to take care of something. That person right there may be a person that need a word from the Lord. And you're going that direction. You're passing by. Stop and give that man and woman a word from God. Stop and give that man or woman a handshake. They may not know to have a, a, a smile. Just hold on, smile to my pastor. I'm sorry, I want to smile. Give him a smile. Amen. That may be the only whatever you give them that they get. Riding down the street. 
I'm going to ask riding down the street. I'm going to see people walking. I'll see who's walking. Come on, pray for them. You don't have to be up in their face to pray for them. Pray for them. That may be the only prayer that somebody gives them the whole day, whole week. You don't know. Pray for them. Lord, help them. Open up their spiritual eyes, their spiritual ears, their spiritual understanding. Amen? I am going to Acts 16. That's where I'm on my way to. Acts 16 around about the 25th verse. And it says, at midnight, I told you all about them in the jail. They wanted them real bad. They wanted them real bad. They had beat them with many stripes, and they wanted them real bad. But when you got the peace of God on the inside, I'm talking about peace even if you in the jail. Amen? At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. What size jail it was, but I kind of imagine that uh, uh, Racine County Jail, since I go down there, I, I kind of imagine that. That's a pretty big jail. So for the prisoners, and I, when, I, when I think prisoners, I think big. I think every, every prisoner down there. So I just use my Holy Ghost imagination and imagine that Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises loud enough for the whole jail to be shaken. Amen? And, and see, the Lord sent an earthquake, and I have to laugh because, you know, when we think about an earthquake, we think of damage, you know, death, but I tell you what, don't get excited all the time when they talk about earthquakes because God can use an earthquake. He used an earthquake, and this is what it says. I'm, I'm having fun, y'all, so y'all pray for me. If this is not the kind of message I want, y'all pray for me. And it says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. Now think about this. If, uh, if the foundation is shaken, you would think about the building kind of moving over a little bit, the doors kind of out, and the windows kind of out. But God can take an earthquake and just shake, and just shake it up. Nobody hurt. Nobody ran out. I don't know if they were too scared to run out of what, but nobody ran out. Only somebody wanted to kill himself was the jailer. Don't tell me how God can't come and work in a situation. You do not have a situation that's so tough that God can't take care of it. You don't have one. We serve a mighty God. He can take care of anything. But see, when you're holding on to it and you're trying to figure out how he's going to figure it out, and then you're still holding on to it, and then, oh, this hurts so bad. Let go and let God. A man, and you all let me put it in this context, a man that can send an earthquake, and everybody knows what happens when an earthquake comes, that he can send an earthquake, and it just shakes the foundation, and the doors open up, and there's no ceiling tile falling down, and there's nothing else, and the jailer is the only one going to kill himself. We serve a mighty God, amen? And the keeper of the prisoners awakened out of his sleep. Now, he ain't there sleeping. <laughs> I don't know if he's supposed to be sleeping or not. All I know, he was asleep, amen? And seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. And in the 28th verse, said, but Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Now you 
know that takes a whole lot of peace that you're in a situation and somebody want to kill you and you tell them, don't kill yourself. Oh. <laughs> oh, I tell you, we serve a mighty God. And if we get in him and allow him to get in us, I tell you, we don't have to worry about a thing. Amen? Because he has everything under control. And then after all this happened, you all know the rest of the story, the jailer got saved. Amen? So we don't have to get excited about it. God has his way of, of, of saving people. And if we get out the way, it's probably, I don't know, but it might be a whole lot of mess today, but I'm not going to go there. But I want you all to know, and I'm closing with this, peace, perfect peace, is what God say that we can have. And if we don't have perfect peace, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, we're, we're getting in a situation, well, that little bit of truth, pastor says a little bit of that will get around here, but you know, sometimes people get that mindset, you know, well, there's nothing to write, you know, this or that. No, it's got to be perfect. Amen? God could have very well told us, in any situation that you're in, I will give you peace. But he said, perfect peace if you keep your mind on me. Perfect peace if you keep your mind on me. But see, what happens, we put our mind on everything else, except putting our mind on God. Like I said before, how am I going to pay this bill? What am I going to tell this man when he called and said, and I said, I don't, I don't have no money to pay this. No, God will take care of it. God will say, I'm, and I'm not telling anybody not to pay your bill, because sometimes things may come up, and you might not have no money to pay your bill. But I tell you what, you don't have to be scared about it, because in Psalms, the scripture tell us, if you trust in the Lord, what did you He's already done it. He's already done it. And I tell you, and I'm going to close with this one. If you have the peace of God, the perfect peace, keeping your mind on him, he and you, you and him, you will be able to do just exactly what Jesus said, what Jesus did. Jesus, you all know the story. I'm not bringing you anything new. Jesus was in the boat. Jesus had said, we're going to the other side. Another one of those things. I'm going to tell you where you're going to end up at. We right here, and I'm going to tell you where you're going to end up at. But I'm not going to tell you what's in between here. You're going to have, have to have enough trust in me that when they come up, you still trust me. Amen? So, I mean, Jesus knew where he was going so well that he just got him a pillar, and he just went down in the bottom of the boat, whatever the bottom was, and he went to sleep. I believe he was sleeping real good. <laughs> and you all know the story. The storm came up. Amen? And there was disciples up there worried about, don't you care that we perish? And you can see where their mindset was. They didn't realize, although at that time the Holy Spirit wasn't on the inside of them, but they didn't realize they had the peacemaker in the boat with them. You got to realize who you got with you. They had the peacemaker on the boat with them. Because eventually, after they had got so scared, somebody said, wake up Jesus. Aren't you so glad today that Jesus ain't sleeping? Aren't you so glad today you don't have to wake him up, but all you got to do is call on him? And when you say, Jesus, I tell you, something happened. Something happened. Something happened. And I tell you, when they woke up Jesus, Jesus 
got peace on the inside. When you got peace on the inside of you, you don't have to wake up and say, what's going on? What, what, you know, what is this? What, what, what y'all trying to do? What, what do I need to pray about? No, just, just speak peace. That's what he did. He said, peace be still. And then the Bible went on and said, they marvel at such a man as this. Saints, I tell you not to get the big head or anything else, but if we got God on the inside of us, the world ought to be marveling at the church. They ought to be marveling at the church. When Jesus woke up and he said, peace be still, they said, what kind of man is this? That he speaks to the elements and the elements obey him. The world ought to be looking at the church and say, what kind of people are this? They speak to the elements and the elements. Woo! I got to tell you, I'm, 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 I'm like the preacher's pastor. I'm like the preacher's. I'm going to close. I'm, I'm, I'm going to close one more time. <laughs> I was at the mall yesterday. And since I didn't ask this young man that I could tell this story, but I'm going to tell, I ain't going to call no name. I was at the mall yesterday, so I saw one of the saints. And they, they were going in the store, you know. And I let my window down. Put some pep in your step. You're a child of God, you know. And so they went on to tell me what was going on and what they should do and all this. And I said, that's not what you need. I said, you need some oil and you need some faith. That's all you need. And so we talked about that a little while. And then we got over into the weather, you know, and we're talking about the weather. I said, well, all you got to do is speak to it. All you got to speak to it. So I, I don't know what happened about y'all house. But by my house, it got real dark. And they were talking about a tornado warning. So I just said, tornado, I command you to stop and desist. <laughs> hey, I feel like if Jesus woke up and said, peace be still, I can say the same thing, amen? Now, I don't know what it did over by your house. But over by my house, I got some rain, which is good. I didn't, I didn't tell the rain to stop. I didn't tell the rain to stop. I just told the storm to stop, amen? Now, I don't have no evidence that the storm didn't listen to me, and you don't have no evidence that it did. <laughs> so I'm going to believe that it listened to me. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. But I just want to leave you all with this. If we allow the Lord to work in our lives, and if we stand on his word, there is nothing that can offend us, nothing that would get us anxious, because he said be anxious for nothing, there were nothing that will keep us from standing on his word and say peace be still.